Have you ever dreamed of packing up and moving to Australia? Sunshine, beaches, the bush, sounds pretty good to me. But is it even possible to move to Australia during a global pandemic? Will you need to quarantine when you arrive? And how much is it going to cost? Hello, I'm Kate Creedon and welcome to Nursing Down Under. Now, I don't have the answers to these questions, but fortunately I'm joined by someone who does. Aoife Frawley is Health Solutions Group Australia's Sydney branch and National Candidate Care Manager. Welcome, Aoife. Hi, Kate. How are you? Really well, thank you. Thanks for joining us. Now, Aoife, tell us a little bit about your role with Health Solutions Group Australia. Um, so I am the branch manager here for Alliance Health in Sydney, and then I'm also the Candidate Care Manager for Nationally that looks after everything for HSGA. And what does that entail? So for Sydney, then I look after the allocations and the recruitment team. And for Candidate K nationally, then I'm like, you could say the big sister for everyone that's coming over from home. Um, just to answer all the questions, get you set up, tell you about more about your Aussie adventure, that kind of thing. And how did you end up in Australia? I can think, I can hear your accent there. Yeah. So, um, yeah, I came here seven years, nearly seven years ago uh, on a work and holiday visa, too. So my background is in social care. So I worked a lot at home doing disabilities and the elderly. And then when I came over here, then I applied for a job um, with Alliance Health and was successful. And the rest is history. So tell me, yeah. I'm interested <laughs> to know. I mean, we know international travel has been impacted by coronavirus. Um, you know, are nurses still able to come here to Australia? Yeah, absolutely. So there, the Department of Immigration have released 17 different essential workers or essential skills that they're looking for to come over at the moment. And um, there is maybe six or seven variants of nursing in within those 17. So absolutely, we're crying out for nurses to come over here at the moment. So how do you how did you make it happen? So. We have our international recruitment manager based at home. So she works in Ireland and the UK. Her name is Jane Cunningham. So she, once a candidate get in contact with Jane, she gives you all the backstory. So she organizes everything from people's visas to giving advice about APRA, giving advice about how to come over, you know, about um, like different airlines that are traveling at the moment and basically gets you set up. So then once you are ready to go, um, she gives all the information to me, transfers all your files across. And then over here, then I get you good to go. Do you need an exemption to travel? You do. Yes. Yeah. So you do need an exemption at the moment, which we have finally perfected um, with the department. So it's we do a contract, basically. So we have a lot of different contracts here with Alliance Health once you come over. Um, Pre-global pandemic, um, normal, you, normally you would come over just on a casual contract with us. Um, and we have all the work that you want available. So at the moment, what we have done is created a, a, all you could say like an immigration purposed contract. And the only difference in that contract is that we will guarantee you 24 hours a week. We have a lot more work available, but that's just the one element they were looking for um, to get the nurses over so that they're guaranteed that work when they get here. So once we do up that contract, I will personally give you a support letter to go on the immigration website and apply for your exemption. And how long does that process take? 
for the exemption, it actually doesn't take that long. So once you have a visa and your APRA granted, so you get your APRA granted in principle. So all you have to do is arrive here in Australia to present in person once you have that letter. So once you have those two, when you apply for the exemption, it could only take a few days. Wow. And, and how easy is it to, to then get on a flight and come here? Flights are a little bit more difficult just because at the moment there is flight caps in place. So there's only certain seats available on certain flights. Um, there, there is, if you go on all the different websites or your travel agent or whoever you want to book the flights with, um, once you're, once you're, you've paid for your flight and you've got your, you've got your seat, what we recommend is to contact the airline directly. So when you contact the airline, just say that you are a critical skilled worker and that and you would like your seat to be held on the plane um, if they do need to bump someone else off the plane that hopefully it won't be you. Um, so a nurse is getting priority? Yes, for, the, for, the, for that they are. So they just need to make sure that they get onto the airline. Look, it's, it's out of our control with the airlines if they do cancel flights, but contacting them beforehand will hopefully get you that seat on the plane that you need. And uh, what about if you're travelling with a partner? Does that make things a little bit more difficult? Uh, it can and it can't. I mean, um, at the beginning, it was because they weren't giving any real partners a chance. But now they have understood that partners are an emotional support for nurses coming over here. So what they've done is just make sure that they're obviously not getting someone over with just that have said, oh, we're we're going out together. But now they have said that if they can prove that they're in a long and long-term stable relationship, maybe having lease agreements or um, things from their past that they can prove that they've been together for a while, then that partner will go under the nurse's critical skills exemption as an emotional support. So they don't have to work in the same industry? No, no, no. Um, in the, are they able to work when they get out to Australia? Absolutely. So there is still so much work in every sector here. Um, I think Australia has been feeling it quite a lot um, in the last few months, um, not having the overseas people get in here for work. And there's constantly, I see even from myself with, you know, Facebook pages, they're constantly crying out for, like you could say, partners in construction and that kind of thing. There's so much work here at the moment. And do you still have to quarantine when, when you arrive? You do. So at the moment, um, the government have put in place that there's a two week mandatory quarantine for everybody coming in. And that just makes sure that anyone coming from overseas, if they have they've had COVID coming over that, like obviously the two week incubation period that they're they're fairly safe. So that quarantine costs three thousand dollars in Australia, no matter where, no matter what city you want to fly into. Um. It like I can completely understand that it is a lot of money for people coming over here, but, but we also have to understand that the wages here are very different to at home. So <laughs> they're a lot higher. So you do make the money back a lot quicker once you get here. And um, for those people that are coming, you know, out here thinking, "Gosh, I don't, you know, I don't want to spend two weeks in in quarantine, or I don't want to pay the extra money." I mean, what advice would you have for for those nurses? Uh, well, it is it is mandatory by the government at the moment. So everyone will have to do the two weeks. But there, what I've seen from my nurses that have already come over 
um, since the new year is that they're, they are being so good to people that are in quarantine. You know, I mean, they're they're giving out like coloring books. They're giving people online free courses they can do to pass the time. Um, like if you don't like for your dinners and stuff, they drop them off. If you can get Uber Eats and um, you can get your Coles delivery. Coles is a shop over here that's like Tesco at home. Um, so everyone is getting like their deliveries. Um, and also, you know, I've I've seen a lot of um, Instagram, what you could say bloggers and that that have a lot of information up about quarantine. And it, it doesn't seem that bad. The horror stories, I think maybe back in March when things really shut down, I think that's when horror stories came out because nobody knew what was happening. It's the same as all over the world. COVID hit us all. So, but now they have everything running really, really smoothly. And I can imagine it gives you a bit of time to get yourself sorted and, and figure out perhaps where exactly. you want to live. I mean, what what do you need to sort out once you sort of do arrive here in Australia? So when people arrive in Australia first, so now at the moment, um, Let's, let's talk about pre-COVID first. So pre-COVID, people come over and they just have their accommodation booked for a few weeks when they get here. So most people will book into a hostel. And look, for people traveling alone, that's what I would recommend. But I go into a hostel for a few weeks because you meet people that are in the same boat as you, that are traveling the world. Um, and you get, you get some of your closest friends through hostels when you first arrive. If you're traveling in maybe a group of two, three or four people, then maybe you could get an Airbnb between you all um, so that you can start finding your feet and see, the, as you said, see the suburbs that you want to live in. Do you want to live by the beach? Do you want to live in the city? So it's, so that you're not committing to something before you get here. Um, with quarantine in place now, um, it's, it's amazing. The airport staff do everything for you when you arrive. You don't have to do a single thing before you get to Australia accommodation-wise. Um, they will like escort you and transport you to your hotel. And then I guess once you know the date that you're actually booked in, you'll be given the date that you can be like get, gain your freedom, I suppose, from quarantine. And it's then that you need to book your hostel or your um, Airbnb or whatever you would like from there. I would definitely not recommend going straight and just paying someone for a room and then just get there when you get out because you don't know who that person is. You don't, you haven't seen the house before. It's a lot of places come unfurnished here as well when you first arrive. So it gives you that chance while you're in a hostel to get your, get things together. If you need to buy a bed, if you need to buy different furniture. Yeah, that's a really interesting point. I mean, um, so you don't have to have your accommodation sorted, but what's your advice for when you do get out of quarantine? I mean, where should you be looking? And, and um, of course, if you are looking at an unfurnished place, that also comes with an additional cost. It does. It does come, <clears throat> excuse me, with an additional cost. So again, get your hostel and then start looking on different pages. Like um, there's different Facebook pages, depending on the suburbs that you want to live in. There is Gumtree, there's Flatmate Finder. So there's lots of different websites you can go on to try and find rooms. When, when people get accommodation, the one thing I would say Another thing I would say, not the one thing, is to make sure it's easier to live beside a train line when you get to Australia. Because at home in Ireland and the UK, we're so used to hopping in a car and being at work in 20 minutes, 30 minutes max. Whereas when you come over here, most cities in Australia are amazing um, for public transport. In some of them, we will tell you beforehand if we think a car is more suitable. Um, but if you live beside a train line, it brings 
it brings your travel down to within an hour of where you want all the major hospitals in all the major cities. So it's just making sure because you don't want to have to get a bus, a train, a bus. Um, it's <laughs> I want to say in Australia, it's sunny all the time, <laughs> but sometimes it does rain. So when we and if we were not used to having our cars, you don't want to be set at a bus stop, you know, um, all the time. I think just having that train line really covers you um, to get to work in under the hour and to save yourself. Is in the that mornings. because you might be working at different hospitals or different um, you know, facilities around the around the city that you're living in? Yeah. So uh, we supply to a lot of different facilities um, in every city. So. It's not just even hospitals that we have. We we do the public and private hospitals, but then we do aged care facilities, prisons, schools, Aboriginal communities, um, like lots of different health clinics, GP clinics. So when you find your ground over here, we'll offer you everything. So we'll offer you all different kinds of nursing shifts. So even if you have only worked in one ward since you're pre-qualified, we'll still still offer you everything that's available. And then you kind of fall into a bit of a routine. So you can say, oh, I really liked that hospital. Can I keep going back there for shifts? Or, oh, you know what? I don't really want to work in the hospital. What else is there? So we also have community work available, which is like hospital in the home. And you're given a care, you have your own patients and off you go in the community. So people find their feet in the first couple of months that they work with us and then they decide where they want to work from then on. And so how soon can you start working after you arrive? I mean, I can imagine there's probably a number of restrictions um, around working in a highly regulated um, industry here in Australia. There is. So there is quite a lot of work to do once you arrive. Again, nothing has to be done at home. So when you arrive, I'll give you, once you have your flights booked, really, is when I send you a big email that gets you really excited for your trip about all the different things you'll do when you get here. Um, and that includes things like your your Australian police check, your working with children check, all the annual training you need to do with us. And um, there's the government issued uh, COVID training as well that you need to do. So the None of them take a very long time. It's just sitting down and getting them done. Um, I've had a few nurses, as I said, now in hotel quarantine since um, the new year. And <laughs> they've said that it didn't take long enough. <laughs> so that it is quite quick to get through everything once you sit down and do it. So maybe in the first two to three weeks, you'll be active working with us once you and, arrive. And how much work can you get? I mean, is there any sort of guarantee that you're going to get work? So... Again, people coming from overseas, we understand that people are changing their whole life to come to another country, that they are traveling the world, that they do need extra money. They can't just move back into their parents' house for a week when they get here and just pay no rent. So it's it's one of those things we do highly prioritize people that are coming over in that boat to make sure that every bit of work that we you need, that we will accommodate and will offer you everything that we have available. Again, it's there is a responsibility on the other side. So there is a responsibility on the nurses too to, to make sure that we have all your availability. Um, our system at the moment doesn't allow us to allocate people to ships without availability. So in order for us to find you on our database, it's as easy as us to press the button that, every, that all your criteria matches that shift. So if you only want to do AM shifts Monday to Friday, you may not get as much work as people that are flexible to work PMs or night duties, Saturdays or Sundays. So, and if, if you're like, we, have, we aren't going to kill you either. 
<laughs> we're not going to make you do like two nights, two AMs, two PMs. Like it just kind of starts as the week is going. And then you just keep us updated. Pick up the phone and call our allocations team. And once we have what you exactly want to work for, we'll do all the ring arounds throughout the day to get you that shift. So that's sort of how it works day to day. I mean, you'd contact or you'd give your availability to the team and then they get in touch with you and, and send you to a different hospital. Is that right? Yep. So you give us your availability. Look, if you give your avails on Monday and by Thursday, you're like, oh, you know what? I want to remove my avails. That is absolutely no problem. You just call us or text us and let us know what you want to change. When we do have your availability, we'll make sure that we confirm with you that you definitely want that shift. And then we'll start ringing around all the different areas that you want to work in. So when you first arrive, we won't know where that is. So we'll ring everywhere and offer you what we can. But when you start getting into more of a routine um, for all the world in Sydney, what we do is in, in a lot of our facilities, like in the community, in prisons, in public hospitals, they do what they call forward bookings or block bookings. So you might know your shifts two or three weeks in advance. It's not all just day-to-day work. That does depend on what city you're in and on what is available at the time, but it's not just day-to-day work. There is block bookings and advance bookings, which is the dream for an agency nurse. I'm interested to know, those nurses that have come out during the pandemic, I mean, have they found it harder to get work here? No. So we have, as I said, we're crying out for nurses at the moment. Everyone that has come over is in is in work already. And are they um, able to have the same, have the same flexibility? Obviously, travel is, is really difficult um, state, you know, to go from state to state at the moment as well. I mean, how, how are they finding it? I can imagine it's probably a very different experience to what they're expecting. Oh, for sure. Yeah. So at the moment, so Normally when our nurses come over, because we are based all over Australia, they decide what office they want to go to. So if you want to work in Melbourne or Brisbane or Sydney or Adelaide or Perth, wherever you want to work, um, they go into the office and they get set up. But if they want to move state, they simply just tell us and we'll we'll put the paperwork to the next state. Um, at the moment, it is a little bit harder because there is border closures depending on how COVID is in state, state um, like even week to week, not even day to day. but um, so it, it would say that when you're coming over, think about settling where you want to stay for at least three to six months now. And then hopefully down the line, uh, maybe at the end of this year or maybe early next year, that hopefully there will be more of a case that you can do your travels outside of the state. Do the nurses find the work quite different? Um, you know, those that are coming from overseas, coming here in Australia, is, is it very different or is it fairly similar? It's it, both. <laughs> Um, they find it very similar in in the ways of medication, in the way that the wards work. So um, it, that's why Irish English nurses are they're specialised over here because they understand it's the same working um, criteria as home. Um, there is where it's different then is ratios. So over here most ratios would be one to four, maybe one to six patients. Um, Obviously then in like ED or ICU or PEDS, mental health, it would be a little bit less. So you could be on one to four, one to three, one to two, or maybe even in ICU only could be one to one with people. Ratios over here are a lot smaller. And I think that's why the nurses really enjoy it when they get here because they can't believe that the ratios are so low. And then 
also, I guess the money, the, the money is a lot better here than it would be at home in either Ireland or England. Well, that's a, a good incentive in itself. And what, is, what about for you? I mean, you've obviously been out here, you said seven years now. What is it that, you, that you've loved yeah. about living in Australia? Oh, I just love the lifestyle here. It's um, like, if, I want to say everything's really laid back. <laughs> Australians are just really laid back and it's just a real good lifestyle out here. I mean... What can I say without <laughs> saying anything about poor Ireland and England, you know? I mean, but after work, like, you know, after work, you do get to, um, like, it is bright, so you get to go to the beach or you get to meet your friends outside. And it's just nice, whereas at home, if the dark evenings, it, it's not as plausible. Um, but, yeah, no, just the laid backness of it all. Australia is just a really, very really casual, very casual country. vibe, yeah, isn't casual it? Yeah, casual. <laughs> I think we've got a great idea of how to prepare yourself for a working holiday in Australia. Thank you so much for joining me. <laughs> no worries at all. Thank you. So now you know where to start. What do you need to do next? Join us in the next episode to find out. As always, if you have any questions we haven't answered, please reach out to the team at www.hsga.com.au.